With the 5,000, he had five loaves. With the 4,000, he had seven loaves. But right before this, he feeds 4,000 people with seven loaves. And by the way, as soon as he finished, the Pharisee said, show us a sign. series uh, called The Ministries of Jesus. Uh, We've talked about salvation. We've talked about, uh, I called it mending or inner healing, emotional healing. We talked about freedom. This week is healing. And the next week will be anointing. These are the five foundational ministries of Jesus found in Luke 4. So look at Luke 4 verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, their salvation. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, mending or emotional healing, to proclaim liberty to the captives, that would be freedom. And then this week, recovery of sight to the blind, or the gaining of sight is what this word recovery means, recovery of sight. So this week we're gonna talk about physical and spiritual healing. And I can't talk about one without the other. And even physical healing would include mental healing. We have a lot of mental health issues that I want you to know that Jesus came to heal our mind, our soul, the way we think, our hurts. Uh, Jesus came. But he also came to heal us spiritually. So I'm going to talk about spiritual opening of eyes. I can't talk about simply the physical opening of eyes without talking about the spiritual opening of eyes. If you remember when we talked about the gifts of Jesus, the week I talked about the evangelists, I talked about how to share your story and just stick to your story. And we read the funniest chapter in the Bible, John 9, about the blind man that got healed and how he just stuck to a story. You know, he made clay, anointed my eyes, and I was healed. Okay. At the end of that chapter, though, the Pharisees said to him, because Jesus said, I've come in this to the world that those who think they can see will, be, will continue to be blind in essence, talking about religion. And I've come that those who can't see could have their eyes open. And the Pharisees said, are we blind also? And in the Greek, Jesus said, bingo. That's the Greek word, bingos in the Greek, okay? Bingo. But here's what he said in John 9. This is very, very important. John 9, 41. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, now watch this, you would have no sin. No sin. But now you say, or since you say we see, Therefore, your sin remains. Here's what he's saying. If you would come to me and admit that you're blind and that you can't see without me, listen to this, you would have no sin. In other words, I would remove your sin as far as the east is from the west. You would have no more sin. If you just admit to me that you're not as smart as you think you are that the creator of the universe might know some things you don't know. If you would just simply admit that you need a savior, that you're a human and you need the divine in your life. If you just admit that, if you just admit that, 
But since you say we can see without you, and this is pretty strong, Jesus said your sin remains. It remains. Okay. So we're talk- I, can't, I just cannot talk about simply physical opening of eyes without talking about spiritual opening of eyes. And the Bible combines them in many, many places. It talks about don't forget the benefits of the Lord. It talks about who forgives all our iniquities, who heals all our diseases. I had so many scripture that I just couldn't go over because of, of our time, you know, limit. But uh, I want to show you a miracle where Jesus combines the spiritual opening of eyes with the physical opening of eyes. All right? It's in Mark chapter 8, beginning of verse 22. Then he came to Bethsaida, and they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, I don't know why he spits on blind people. I don't, I don't know, but this is the second blind person that he spat on, all right? But anyway, when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, now watch this carefully. He asked him if he saw anything. So Jesus wants to know, what do you see? After putting his hands on him, all right? And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. In other words, what do you see now? And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Uh, Years ago, uh, it was so long ago, this is, this is just to tell you how long ago it was. Uh, I was a traveling evangelist, so 30-something, almost 40 years ago, I guess. And I was, uh, I'd done a revival somewhere, and I was watching a preacher on television. And uh, he read this passage, and after he read it, he said, you see, even with Jesus, it doesn't always work the first time. And I thought, the one who said, let there be light, it doesn't always work, you know? The the one who holds the universe in the palm of his hand, it doesn't always, and and, and I I got so upset, uh, this is how long ago it was, there was an ashtray. I don't think there are ashtrays in, in hotel rooms anymore. There was an ashtray. I... I felt like just throwing it through the TV. I'm just telling you how I was young then and okay. So, but I didn't because I hadn't finished my cigarette. But anyway, um, just, I'm just, <laughs> please don't post that. All right, okay. So, uh, so, so the point was, I just thought to myself, that's crazy. That's just crazy. I remember even when we, we begin on television, we've been on television 15 years now. I, I, I know I felt I was called to do it, uh, but I remember thinking even then, where are the pastors teaching the Bible on TV instead of all these people saying, if you send me $10, you'll get $100 back. Where are the pastors just teaching the Bible on the TV, you know? And so... So anyway, I just thought, well, that's not right. I don't know what that means, but that's not right. 
And so I, I tried and I went through scripture and I looked and I pulled out a concordance. That's how long ago it was, no Bible program, no com- computer back then. And I did everything I could to figure this out. And it was about three hours. And it seemed like that the Lord just kind of slid up beside me. Now, obviously he didn't, but that's what it seemed like. And I had this impression, you know, like, like the Lord was speaking to me, not audibly, but just had this impression. And it was like the Lord said to me, what are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what this means with, with no help from you, I might add. <laughs> and he said, do you think I know what it means? And I was like, well, yeah, of course you know what it means. I mean, and, and it was, he just said, why don't you just ask me? Why don't you just ask me? And so I went like this, okay, what? And before I could say the word what, there was the answer like that, just like that. And I knew immediately what happened, which will take me five minutes to explain it to you, but I knew it immediately. Remember, he, he, he made him look up and he said, do you see anything? What do you see? And he said, I see men like trees walking. Okay, do you know what he did? He opened his spiritual eyes. Because when you read this book, which is a spiritual book, men are described as trees. All through this book. Let me show you just a few. I I couldn't put them all in here, just a few. Uh, So look at at, uh, Psalm 1. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Psalm 52, I'm like a green olive tree in the house of God. Psalm 92, 12, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. Jeremiah 17, blessed is the man who trusts the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the water. Zechariah has a vision. And then I answered and said to him, what are these two olive trees at the right of the lampstand? And it's left, verse 14. So he said, these are the two anointed ones. These are people who stand beside the Lord, and in Revelation 11, it confirms this, and verse 3, and I will give power to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees. These men that you see, they're trees. Zechariah saw trees, and God said they were men. Jesus lays his hand on a blind man, and says to him, now what do you see? He said, I see men like trees. He opened his spiritual eyes. Because since, I'm telling you, something happened to me at one point in my life when I would read about trees producing good fruit. When Jesus comes in Matthew 7, does the Sermon on the Mount, and he talks about a good tree produces good fruit, he's not talking about actual trees. He's talking about people. And something happened one day in my life where I started seeing people like trees. And here's this blind man. And so, now let me just say to you, what, what have I told you, though, 
about interpreting Scripture. Scripture is of no private interpretation, which means you don't interpret it, it interprets you. Another way, though, to understand scriptural interpretation is the Bible interprets itself. So, first of all, it has to agree with the whole of Scripture. So, this agrees with all through Scripture. I showed you several verses. But it also has to agree with the context of Scripture. So, we start in verse 22. What happened in Mark 8 right before this? Well, he, had fed, he fed the 4,000. Now, there's two feedings. There's a feeding of the 5,000 and a feeding of the 4,000. With the 5,000, he had five loaves. With the 4,000, he had seven loaves. But right before this, he feeds 4,000 people with seven loaves. And by the way, as soon as he finished, the Pharisee said, show us a sign. <laughs> You're talking about spiritual blindness. Okay, but then let me show you what happened right after he feeds the 4,000 and right before he touches the blind man and says, what do you see? And he said, I see men like trees. Then he touched him again, and he said he saw, and then he saw everything clearly. He opened his spiritual eyes, then he opened his natural eyes, okay? So let me show what happened right before. Verse 13, and he left them, and getting into the boat, departed to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread, and they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them, saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. In other words, the teaching, not the actual bread, the words. Man shall not live by uh, bread alone, but by every word. Beware of the words of the Pharisees and the words of Herod. Beware of it. And then watch verse 16. And they reason among themselves and saying, he's mad because we don't have any bread. <laughs> I told you we should have brought more bread. <laughs> Okay, watch his re-answer. Verse 17, his, his, uh, re, uh, his uh, answer to him, his, his reaction. Verse 17, but Jesus being aware of it said to them, why do you reason because you have no bread? I mean, I just think he just got a little upset every now and then. Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Watch this. Having eyes, do you not see? What kind of eyes are he, is he talking about here? Spiritual, right? Having eyes, having ears, do you not hear? And do you not remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000? How many baskets full of fragments did you take up? And they said, uh, 12. <laughs> also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets full of fragments did you take up? Seven. So he said to him, how is it you still do not understand? How is it you don't understand what I'm talking about? In other words, what he's saying is, guys, if I wanted bread, I'd just whip a sum up. <laughs> bread is not the problem. <laughs> we got one loaf and 13 dudes. I can, I can take care of the bread. <laughs> Do you know why, though, you don't understand? You think I'm talking about little bread? Because you have eyes, but you can't see. Because your spiritual eyes have not been opened. Now, let me just give you a little illustration here. This phrase, you have eyes, but you can't see, is all through the Bible. And it's a big deal to me, and I've preached on it many, many times, because I know when the Lord opened my spiritual eyes, and it, it just, it was like I had a whole new book then, you know. 
Uh, but let me just give you a practical application. Women can see things that men can't see. I have this uh, black shirt that has these snaps that fits me well. Now that's hard to find. It's hard to find because I'm a very level person. My bubble is in the middle. I actually believe I've just entered my third trimester and the doctor said it could be twins. So. I'm kind of excited. So anyway, I've got this shirt. And when people say, boy, that looks good on you, you just, I want it. So I've, I've bought 180 of them now. So I love the shirt. But it has, uh, it has these snaps on it and all. And, and so I only have two, really. And so anyway, Debbie has my closet organized, you know, like church jeans, you know, uh, office jeans, work jeans, church shirts, office shirts, work shirts, you know, I, she's had it organized. So I know where these shirts are that I like, but I can't find them. And I look and I can, I can remember the first time it happened, I pull each one of them off because I don't want to tell her because it's there. I know it's there and I know I'm going to get in trouble. And so, so I looked at each one twice. And then I say to her, sugar, now she's not, I, I, I do these funny things. She's not mean, she's sweet, but I'm just, you know, letting you know, we, we do things to play with each other. So this was all in fun, but I said, sugar, um, I can't find my black shirt. This is what she does. She walks in, she goes like this, it's right there. <laughs> and then she said to me, you have eyes, but you can't see. And when she walked out, I said something and it came out a little louder and I thought, I said, no, you a voodoo woman. So she just, <laughs> yeah, she turned around, she said, what'd you say? I said, you love you woman. <laughs> but she can make things appear that aren't there. I just, okay. So that's what he's trying to tell them. You have eyes, but you can't see. Let me just ask you something. Jesus said, I came for those who can't see so they can see. Would it be all right with you if you opened up this book and you could understand it? It's a spiritual book written by a spiritual being to spiritual beings. So many people think that we're humans having a spiritual experience. Actually, your spirit's having a human experience because your body's gonna die and your spirit's gonna live on. So, God wants to heal spiritually, and that's very, very important. But he also heals naturally. But there are three ways that God heals naturally, and we overlook the first two many times. God heals three ways. He heals um, physically three ways. He heals naturally, medically, and miraculously. And we tend to always seem to look for the miraculous, and we need the miraculous. But you need to know that God designed your body to heal itself. It's a miracle. 
um, just two ways. You have white blood cells that attack anything from an injury or an illness that would hurt you or harm you. God, God did that. Uh, you have platelets that cause your blood to clot so that every time you cut your finger, you don't bleed to death. I'd like us to get in the habit of giving God the credit for all that he deserves, and that is he gave us these bodies that fight off sickness and disease and illness, and we can get healed from injury. We can be healed naturally, medically. I'm tired of preachers putting down medical professionals who help us to be healed. They are instruments of God. They are vessels of God. And we should be praying for them. In the same way, we need professionals. In the same way, we need teachers to teach us. We need counselors in the area of mental health, things like that. We need construction people that know how to do stuff. I, 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 it is known around my house. My, the kids say, please, Dad, don't try to fix something that breaks around the house. Please. A few years ago, the toilet handle broke in the guest bath. It was a few days before Thanksgiving. Debbie said, we're going to need the guest bath. You know, we're going to have all the family. Can you just look at it, you know? And what she meant was, can you call someone to fix it? And I saw it was just the handle. I thought, okay, I can fix this, you know? So I, I got the crescent wrench out, and, and I'm going to try to loosen this bolt on the back. Now, I don't know if you know, but toilets are... Um, porcelain, and it seems like just a little touch and they'll break on you. I did something and this crack all the way down to the floor and I flooded the bathroom. $700 to get the professional. Do you know what my motto is now? No job is too small to sub out. <laughs> Let the professionals come in. It's the same with medicine. Listen, four years ago, I almost died. I was healed naturally, medically, and miraculously. I know people prayed for me, and I'm grateful for that, and I know God sustained me, but those paramedics kept me alive. The surgeon kept me alive. And then my own body had to heal from those two surgeries within 24 hours. Are y'all hearing me? My blood, when I left the hospital, only had 60% of my blood. Even though they'd given me all these transfusions, they wanted my own blood to rebuild itself so I would be healthier. You follow me? So God still heals, but he heals naturally. He heals medically and heals supernaturally. Let me show you one about supernatural healing. Matthew 8, 16 and 17, when evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. He bore our sicknesses. First Peter says he bore our sins. Now, let me just answer a question. If Jesus bore our sicknesses, why do we still get sick? 
Well, let me answer it with the question. Did he bear your sins on the cross? Yes. But do you still sin? <laughs> yep. You're human. And we live in human bodies. I said this a few weeks ago. Jesus saved us from the penalty of sin immediately. He is saving us as we walk this life out through the from the power of sin. And he will one day save us from the presence of sin. Right now, we still have fallen bodies and we still live in a fallen world. But one day, we're going to have a resurrected body and there will be no sickness. But that's coming. But does he still heal today? It's a very, very simple question to answer. Of course he does because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can't change. You can't build the doctrine that God changes. You can't say God is immutable in that he never changes and then say he doesn't heal anymore. Of course he heals. So not only does he heal naturally, but medically and miraculously. So Jesus shows up one day at his home church and he announces, this is who I really am. I am here to heal the brokenhearted. I'm here to proclaim liberty to the captives. I'm here, as we talked about this week, to open blind eyes. And I want us just to pray and just receive healing from the Lord today, spiritual healing and physical healing. I want us to receive open eyes so that when we read the Word, we can see the spiritual meanings in the Word of God and understand the Word of God. But I also have a special burden on my heart for those of you that need physical healing. And I want to remind you that Jesus heals naturally, medically, and miraculously. And I want to encourage you to pursue all three avenues of God's healing power. Yes, we want to believe for miraculous healing, but I want you also to see what can you do in the natural and ask God to lead you to the right medical professionals to help you. But let's receive what Jesus did on the cross for us. He bore our sins and he bore our sicknesses. So let's receive healing today. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. I want you to join us next week as we conclude this series, The Ministries of Jesus. Jesus' time on earth was characterized by ministering to people. His examples of ministry point to the love, forgiveness, healing, and peace that come directly from the Father's heart. In Pastor Robert's powerful new series, The Ministries of Jesus, you'll discover amazing truths you may never have known about salvation, inner healing, deliverance, healing, and the baptism in the Holy Spirit. For your best gift today, we'll send you this series on CD or as an audio digital download and include the Where to Find Favorite Bible Verses Reference Guide with hundreds of Bible verses organized by topic. For your gift of $85 or more, we'll include the He Loves You So devotional with an inspirational word, prayer, and declaration for each day. And for your gift of $125 or more, we'll send you the Faith, Hope, and Love Blanket along with a filament Bible. This large print Bible includes access to a revolutionary app that easily works with your smartphone or tablet and connects every page of the Bible to a vast array of study content. While you can use this Bible without the app, you wouldn't want to miss out on the free access to over 25,000 study notes, more than 350 videos, 1,500 devotionals, and interactive maps, infographics, and a library of worship music. 
Don't wait another day to get these very special resources and discover God's Word like never before. Visit us today at PastorRobert.com to get a copy for you and someone you love. Thank you for your generous prayer and financial support of Pastor Robert Morris Ministries. Living your best life isn't about having a dream home, wonderful kids, or the ideal job. It's about changes in your family, health, and relationships. When God changes your heart, you'll discover that there is so much more to life. With humor, passion, and clarity, Pastor Robert presents The Secrets of Living Your Best Life. 